0: LSU and Brian Kelly took a big chance bringing in one player in this 2023 transfer portal class. But this player needs LSU a whole lot more than LSU needs him. You are Locked On LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making on LSU your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, you can find us on YouTube as well. My name is Caroline Fenton. I am your host, as I am every day. You can find me on Twitter at CarolineFenton1. You can also follow the podcast at Lockdown LSU. Appreciate you for being here. And always appreciate you for making Lockdown LSU your first listen every day. Let me apologize in advance if you can hear the, the stopped upness in my nose, the springtime allergies are absolutely getting to me. So bear with me today. We're going to be okay. We're going to make it through. So Brian Kelly addressed one thing after spring practice on Tuesday. Remember, LSU hit the field for practice uh, about two weeks ago to begin spring practice, took those 10 days, about a week and a half off, came back to spring practice Tuesday. They're back out on the field on Thursdays. So we'll continue to keep you updated with all spring practice news. We'll keep you updated with all of Brian Kelly's quips after practice as well but they hit the field on Tuesday and after practice on Tuesday Brian Kelly addressed something for the first time at least the first time that I have heard it the first time publicly and that was Brian Kelly explaining why LSU brought Denver Harris into LSU now you may be looking at Denver Harris and the type of player that he is also considering that he if he plays a position of need for LSU plays corner LSU had a completely decimated cornerback room So one, the need, and two, just look at the kind of player that Denver Harris is. He was a consensus five-star recruit coming out of high school in Houston, North Shore High School in Houston. And that's not really very common to see every single recruiting site out there, whether you use 24-7 sports or rivals or on three or whatever it might be, you know, whatever you like to use. He's a consensus five-star recruit who's the fourth best cornerback in the 2022 class, the sixth best prospect coming out of the state of texas and i i say that about texas and florida georgia california that when you are a top 10 15 20 25 player out of that state that's impressive considering how one massive those states are and two just how talent rich those states are so we're the sixth best prospect coming out of the state of texas that year that means something to me fourth best quarter sixth best prospect out of the state of texas 23rd best prospect in the country coming out of that 2022 class. And then you just look at some of the evaluations of Denver Harris. And this was just in high school. This was done by Gabe Brooks, who evaluates players um, in high school for 24-7 sports. He said he's one of the nation's top cornerbacks in his class, should be a high-floor prospect with developmental upside given frame and instinct. So they're looking at it like this guy is one of the best in the country, but he also has a massive ceiling that has yet to be reached. Projects the potential impact player in a power conference with long-term NFL draft early-round potential. So That's being written about Denver Harris as a high school kid. You can watch him at 17, 18 years old and say, that is first-round NFL talent. That's when guys are just different. You see guys coming out of college and you're like, yeah, like they're going to get drafted for sure. And then those kids that are different, like Trevor Lawrence coming out of high school. Like, you look at those guys and you're like, that kid is going to be special. That kid is going to be playing on Sunday, someday. And that was Denver Harris. So you may look at it and say, well, what's the big deal? You know, Denver Harris fills a position of need. and Denver Harris is one of the top players in the country. But let's go back to this past season. Denver Harris tra- transfers in to LSU from Texas A&M. And he transferred away from Texas A&M because of the baggage that he created in College Station. Of course, he joins that you know completely stacked 2022 recruiting class at Texas A&M. Had five star after five star after five star that are in Texas A&M, one of the top recruiting classes in the country that season. And um, Denver Harris comes in and joins that that group. But early on, Denver Harris gets suspended for quote unquote breaking team rules. Gets suspended one game. I think he was speeding and was instagram living it, like, stupid. But, you know, he missed a game, broke team rules. It was like a slap on the wrist of, hey, get your ish together. Like, you're at the next level now. So it was suspended one game, comes back, gets suspended again for smoking weed in the locker room in South Carolina. And he was suspended and definitely suspended for the rest of the season. He only played in five games his true freshman season because he was suspended for seven of those. So that's the deal with Denver Harris. So maybe you may have thought, why in the world would LSU bring a guy like this in? And Brian Kelly was asked that question and addressed that question for the first time after practice on Tuesday. Uh, With a guy like Denver Harrison, just given some of his history, what made you uh, feel confident that he could fit into what you're building here?
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously we did a lot of research. You know, this was not a decision that we just said, you know, here's a great player. You know, he had to fit. We felt like, you know, we did our due diligence in terms of his background and, Um, you know, there's an affiliation with LSU here with the, with the family. Um, he had a lot of people speak on his behalf. Um, um, he had a number of interviews with, with coach house and myself, and we felt with the, the culture in which we have put together here, um, that. Uh, he would um, make it here because uh, the culture is really strong, and it's proven to be that um, he's done well early on, um, and and he has no choice. Um, he has to make it.
0: So I, I want to dig into everything that Brian Kelly said because I feel like you could write a thesis on that quote. I want to talk about, I want to get into the final part of what Brian Kelly said. He has no choice. He has no choice but to succeed. And I thought on that for a while. I thought, what kind of a strange thing to say that he has no choice. I mean, what do you mean? Like, unfortunately, this happens in sports. It happens in college football. It happens at the NFL level where players are really freaking good. But sometimes they just... You know, they, they love other things more than they love football. Sometimes, I know, we can name it uh, countless examples. Henry Ruggs, for example, unfortunately, you know, made a really bad, dumb decision. And now his career is over. Um, I cover the Titans. I've said that several times in your Nashville. I do Nashville Sports Talk Radio. The Titans first round draft pick, Isaiah Wilson, an offensive lineman for the University of Georgia. He came into the league and couldn't stay away from partying and drinking and driving and breaking the rules, breaking COVID rules in 2020. And so now he no longer has a career. Unfortunately, those things happen. So I, I asked myself, what do you mean he doesn't have a choice? I, I, I thought about that because – he does have a choice. One side of it is successful, but he does have a choice. And then it clicked with me. Brian Kelly's not talking to us when he says Denver Harris doesn't have a choice. He's not talking to me. He's not talking to you. He's not talking to any reporter or journalist sitting in that room, in the Lawn room where they conducted that interview. They're not talking to us. He's not talking to us. He's talking to Denver Harris. These are conversations that he has had with Denver Harris. I said LSU, or excuse me, Denver Harris needs LSU more than LSU needs Denver Harris. Because LSU can find another cornerback. LSU can continue to recruit five-star talent. Let's not disrespect Denver Harris. It's just the reality. You can find other players to replace your players. Sometimes they don't always do it to the same level, but you can find replacements for your players. But Denver Harris needs LSU more than it needs Denver Harris. Because this is Denver Harris's last opportunity at a legitimate power five program. You're not gonna, you know, mess up at LSU. And I mean mess up, meaning, you know, continuing behavioral issues, smoking weed in the locker room, you know, staying out past curfew, driving fast on Instagram, lithing it. You don't do that again at LSU and then get another opportunity. Denver Harris's talent gave him the second opportunity at LSU. His talent won't get him a third one. So I think that when Brian Kelly says that he has no choice, there is no other option. He has no option but to succeed at LSU. He's telling Denver Harris that because he knows that Denver Harris is going to hear that. And those are conversations that they've had behind closed doors. He doesn't have another choice but to succeed at LSU. Because the other choice is not being as successful or not having any more opportunities. I don't know. Maybe there's a school out there. Maybe there's an Ohio State or an Oregon that even if Denver Harris, you know, gets released from the team at LSU. And I'm not saying that he's going to. I'm not saying that there, there are going to be these issues that continue. And I want to get into that coming up next. But I am saying, I don't know if there's a coach out there that would be willing to take a flyer on a, on a player that may or may not have issues at two different power five stops. But it's probably uh, it's probably a little bit difficult to do that. So Brian Kelly's not talking to us. He's telling Denver Harris via the media, you got no other option, bud. You got to succeed here. And we're going to give you everything you can to succeed here. But I have faith in Denver Harris. I have faith in this marriage between Denver Harris and LSU. I believe in the second chance. And I'll explain why coming up next. But before we do that, I want to tell you about the FanDuel Sportsbook app. So the tournament is heating up. and is getting so good. The first round of sweet 16 games start on thursday night so there is no better place to get in the action than fanduel america's number one sports book because that because right now fanduel is giving new customers a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars that is one thousand dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win just go to fanduel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything. We've got the money line. We've got point spreads to which team will be cutting down the net. We're getting down to the nitty gritty. It's all on an app that's safe, secure, and also super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. When you join FanDuel today, just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make Make every moment more with FanDuel. Well, thanks again for making Locked On LSU your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Also, check us out on YouTube at Locked On LSU. Hit that subscribe button and you won't miss a single second of your Locked On LSU content. So, Brian Kelly explains why they felt confident bringing Denver Harris in to LSU. They did the vetting process. They did the interviews. They talked to people that know Denver Harris in his path. And it was enough to make them feel confident. But either way, a guy that has had not one, but two behavioral issues in his first stop in his first year of college football, you're going to say that that's a risk. And it is inherently taking a waiver on that and any sort of player with an injury or a history of behavior issues. Those are all risks. But. I believe in this, I believe in the second chance. One, because I believe in the culture that Brian Kelly has built. That's something that he mentioned in that clip that I played. I also think it was a little bit of a shot at Texas A&M. He was like, I think he'll succeed here because we have the culture in place here. Maybe that was totally Brian Kelly flexing on his own culture and believing in his own team more than it was dunking on Jimbo Fisher and some of the issues that Texas A&M had this past year. Whether it was or not, I like to believe that it was Brian Kelly throwing a little bit of shade and I respect it. But that's one reason why is I, I believe in the culture that Brian Kelly has built here. It's something I broke down a little bit on yesterday's podcast, which you can find on your preferred podcast platform or on YouTube, about how you can talk all day long about culture, but you have to see culture come to fruition. You have to see your culture on the field. You have to start to see that culture helping your program make leaps and bounds forward. And I think that we have seen that with with LSU. And it it has to show up on the field. We'll see that come September. That's the most important thing. You got to show us on the football field. You got to show us when it matters but I think we can all agree what we have seen so far. The culture looks strong. So that's one reason is the culture and and the the style of coaching that Brian Kelly brings, that he doesn't put up with a whole lot of buffoonery. He doesn't put up with a whole lot of yahoos, that he, he runs a tight ship. The second reason why I think that this is going to work is because I don't think that Denver Harris is a bad person. I don't. I think that there's a difference between bad people who do bad things and they're just bad people. And I think there's a difference between good people who just make mistakes, good people who do bad things, good people who maybe have gotten knocked off the right track and just need a little bit of guidance moving forward. And I'll explain what I mean by that. There are certain guys that I would not like to have on my team. Deshaun Watson is one of them. I think Deshaun Watson is a bad person because he sexually abused women on a habitual basis this wasn't just one instance but one instance would have been enough this was he was a repeat offender he was a a repetitive predator he is not somebody that I would have any interest in rooting for he is not somebody that I would have any interest in giving a second chance because he showed me who he was whenever he decided to do what he did with all of those massage therapists he's a bad person and then there are some people who just do bad things, but at their core, they're, they're truly good people. I look at Tyron Matthew, a guy we all know and love. He smoked weed and, and then ultimately hurt him. But he got on the right track, got in the NFL, and now we know what Tyron Matthew has become. I think Denver Harris falls in that same category. Denver Harris broke team rules. Denver Harris... Smoked weed in a locker room at South Carolina. Those are all bad things. Those are all dumb things. Dumb, dumb, dumb things. But I don't think that those things make you a bad person. I think that those are things that you do when you're misguided. I think that those are things that you do maybe when you're in a bad situation. Not when you're a bad person. So I think that's another reason why is I just think that all Denver Harris needs is guidance. All Denver Harris needs is something to buy into. I don't know if Denver Harris loves football or not. I I don't know Denver Harris. I've never talked to Denver Harris. I don't know if he loves football. But that's something that I'm sure Brian Kelly and whoever else was in those meetings with Brian Kelly, speaking with Denver Harris and his people, something that they had to decide. Does this guy really love football? Because if you don't, then you won't care giving it away. You won't care if you don't have a future playing football. That's when you find guys that make mistakes like this, that do dumb things to throw their opportunities away. Dorial Green Beckham is another one that I think of. That he was, you know, he wasn't a bad person, but I don't think that he loved football enough to make it his number one priority. I don't know if Denver Harris loves football or not, but I think we're going to find out this season just how important football is to him. Because if he gets into this environment, into this culture and has this kind of guidance and has this framework for for success and he still is, is struggling or he still is acting out or he still is making mistakes or he still is smoking weed in locker rooms or worse, then I think we got our answer. He just truly doesn't love football. I don't know if that is true or not. I'm sure Denver Harris loves football. I'm sure he does. And this is the place where he's going to get set back on, on the right track. I believe in this. I don't, I, 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 it's a risk inherently, yes. But I believe in this. I believe in Denver Harris and I believe that the culture that has been built. He just has to do it for himself. Nobody else is going to do it for him. But coming up next... A little bit of a roundup of some news around LSU women's basketball, who kicks off in the Sweet 16, tips off, I guess, rather, tips off in the Sweet 16 on Friday afternoon, plus some really unfortunate news that I know we will all be cheering for, for a former LSU Tiger. We'll get into all of that coming up next. Well, LSU women's basketball will get into Sweet 16 play Friday afternoon, and I'm ready for it, y'all. I am so freaking ready for it. And tomorrow is going to be, tomorrow, if you're listening to this on Thursday, it's tomorrow, if you're listening to it on Friday, this afternoon. So Friday afternoon is going to be, I think, the most difficult test that LSU has faced since playing South Carolina the day of the Super Bowl, whatever that was, early February. This is going to be one of the toughest teams that LSU has faced. This Utah team, they play tough. They play hard. They get to the rim. They have tall, big-bodied players on that team. This is not going to be an easy game for LSU, and nor is any game going to be easy in the Sweet 16. you got a 2-3 matchup. Utah comes in as a two-seed. Utah won the regular season Pac-12 championship, and they had an early exit in the conference tournament. Um, I, we all know very much, uh, all about that, about being a good team that just get, gets bounced a little bit too early in the conference tournament. Um, but Utah did win the PAC 12 regular season championship, but a couple of things to watch against Utah. First and foremost, Alyssa Peely, she is one of their top players, top scorers at Utah. She was the PAC 12 freshman of the year. She started her career her college basketball career at USC. She transferred to Utah um, a couple of years ago, and she has been Utah's leading scorer this season. So she's going to be one person to watch in this Utah LSU matchup. And it's going to be a tough one for LSU. But this this team is one of the best teams in the country. This team is one of the best coach teams in the country. I mean, LSU, but honestly, I could also apply that to Utah as well. Because Utah has one of the best coaches in the country, and Lynn Roberts, she is one of the candidates for one of the women's basketball coaches of the year. So this this is it's not going to be easy. This is a tough team, and that's one thing that I'm going to be watching for: is can you out physical a team that's incredibly physical? Can you out physical a team that is has had a ton of success offensively, but isn't as strong as LSU is defensively? Can LSU bully them up and create enough? stops and create enough offense in order to beat Utah. I mean, I, whoever wins this game, I think, is going far. I, I really, truly do. Um, so we'll be watching for that. Friday, 4 o'clock Central Time is the tip for LSU women's basketball, who's tipping off the Sweet 16. Um, a little bit more somber news. Foster Morrow, a uh, former LSU tight end, um, he entered the NFL draft in 2018, Um, He just announced on Twitter that he was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma, uh, a form of cancer. And he was doing a a, kind of a routine checkup with the New Orleans Saints and they found the Hodgkin's lymphoma. So he's stepping away from football, getting healthy, taking care of himself um, and doing what he needs to do in order to be 100 percent healthy and live a very happy and healthy life. Um, I wish absolutely nothing but the best for Foster Morrow. This is gut-wrenching and heartbreaking news. And I can only imagine how his family might feel, how he must feel just the fear and confusion and anger that they probably must feel with this diagnosis. But if there's one thing that I know and you know too about Foster Morrow, it's that guy's tough. That guy is so freaking tough. Brody Miller, who covers LSU for The Athletic, he put on Twitter the uh, the story that I totally forgot about, honestly, about the time when a weight plate knocked Foster Morrow in the face and knocked all of his teeth out, yet he still played that weekend against Georgia and beat an undefeated Georgia team. I believe Georgia was number two or three at the time. I think he was number three at the time. Undefeated. And, and either way, Georgia was undefeated at the time. LSU were massive underdogs. Foster Morrow comes in with all of his teeth missing to contribute and help that team with to one of the biggest wins that season, probably the biggest win that season. Um, so it's just a testament to his toughness. Foster Moore is one of those guys, when you think of number 18, he absolutely comes to mind. Foster Moore is not going to go down in LSU football history as one of the best players of all time, but what he will be known for is how much he loved LSU and how tough he was. And even though he wasn't a first or second round draft pick, even though he wasn't one of those guys that would show up on college game day every year or as you know, one of the top contributors every single week, he was a solid, solid player for LSU, but you know he wasn't a household name across the country. But what he did do was always support this team. What he did do was always show up. Availability is your best ability. And Foster Morrow was always available. Toughness is, I think, part of the core of LSU Tigers football. And Foster Morrow personified that. He felt like LSU Tiger football personified. So I know we will all be cheering him on. We will all be fighting with Foster Morrow. Um, I hate that for him. I hate that for his family. But absolutely, we'll be rooting on um, for a full recovery and for Foster Morrow to get back to health very, very quickly. But that's going to do it for me today. Thank you for making Locked On Illissue your first listen today. For your second listen, check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Experts Isaac Shaden and Andy Patton bring you everything that you need to know on and off the court. Plus, you can hear from big-name experts, coaches, and players throughout the college basketball landscape, Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.